Mommy. 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 Are you okay? Mom. Hi. My name is Jordan, and I'm a mom. Hi, Jordan. This is Mommy's Anonymous. Anonymous. Welcome back to Mommy's Anonymous, everyone. This is episode 15, and today we are going to be talking about a lot of stuff. I think I'm a little scatterbrained, and I don't even know where to begin. It's a lot of stuff going on in the media, and a lot of stuff going on in the world, but I just I just want to tap in on a couple different areas that I'm just trying to apply them to my life and how I can like make sure things don't happen like this for my children in the future. But let's start by giving guys a therapy update. So I went to a new psychiatrist. Um, now that we have closed the bakery and have a lot more time, I've been able to catch up on all of our doctor's visits for the babies, myself, everybody got physicals, everybody's good. Um, but I am back finding another therapist and a new psychiatrist and they're trying to give me more medication and whatever, postpartum, anxiety all of that stuff but it's like they also were asking me all these questions about what type of like what triggers me what's your what what makes you anxious what is um you know what what do you what do you do to escape like things like that and questions like that are crazy to me because I have kids and a lot of my anxiety and a lot of my uncomfortability and um overstimulation comes from being a mom and that's not something that I'm trying to not do any longer that's not something I'm trying to um I'm not trying to figure out how to not do that I'm just trying to figure out how to cope with those different things so coping with the sounds and they want me to put headphones on and listen to music but like music too loud in my ears is also too loud in my ears it's not one sound better than the other but I've just been trying to put on some headphones that kind of block out the sound sometimes, but then I don't feel like I'm being as present for my kids. So I wish that there was a way that I could feel like mental illness is not the opposite of being a good mother or the type of mental illnesses that I'm dealing with right now. I just wish that that didn't feel like, you know, the reality. I feel like my option is be unmedicated, and wild, you know, and all over the place, or to, you know, start taking this new medication. I'm, that's what I, I would option B, uh, spoiler alert. But I'm just going to try to do what the doctor orders, even though I'm really super duper against being medicated. Like, I really have all these strong views about, like, big pharma. Like, I really truly am, like, the conspiracy theorist of all people. However, I don't really know how to not show, try to show up as the best version of myself for my kids. So it's like, I would risk that uh, for them. I don't feel like I've been being the best parent, um, the best wife or friend. I just want to make sure I can be consistent. And I've been noticing something else, guys. And I hope you moms out there are um, like, just try to listen to your body. But I obviously having two babies um, back to back, even though Dash is two, it's all feeling like it just happened yesterday. Um, I don't think, I think I started my period like six months after I had Dash. And it still feels very new every single time. Like I'm shocked and appalled. And it is a rude awakening. And I have no idea that it's coming every time. Like Dez is more aware of what's going on than I am. But I'll be sobbing in a pool of tears. 
um, ready to throw myself off of a building, literally, I'm like, and this is not being dramatic. I really am dealing with like a next level PMS. Um, and I'm telling the therapist like late, like I'm, I've been suicidal. I've been like really just overly anxious, crying at the drop of a dime. Like, you know, you can talk to me too loud and I'm waterworks or whatever. And they're like, oh, do you feel like you're in danger to yourself? Do you want to go to a hospital? And it's like, how are you asking me that? And I told you I got three kids and a husband at home. Like, how is that the next question? Rather than you saying, Jordan, when was the last time you were on your period? And then when you ask me that, you can correlate it with the PMS being heightened because of postpartum and because of ADHD. Like, so as I did my own personal research, which we should do anyway, it's like, why am I paying a therapist or a psychiatrist to not give me the other, the other, you know, connection, connect the dots for me, ask me, maybe it didn't correlate. Maybe I wasn't just on my period. However, the first thing you shouldn't, you should recommend should not be hospitalization because then even if I did feel like I was suicidal to the point that I needs to be hospitalized, what happens when I'm ready to go back? Like what happens when I'm done being anxious, when you eliminate all of the stimulus around me, do I go home? Like, isn't that going to make me never want to go back? Like, I don't, I just want to learn how to be there and to be there, like be present. I'm not trying to be medicated and in a, a daze. I'm not trying to be with headphones on and not listening. I'm not trying to be on my computer or engaged in something else. I want to be able to enjoy singing and dancing and being tackled and being, you know, embraced. I want to enjoy that. So I don't know. I think that that's kind of like a personal journey. Maybe other people aren't really find, trying to find better ways for them to parent. They're just trying to find better ways for them to be a person or a woman. I really like those two things are the same. My womanhood is motherhood right now and wifehood, if that's a word. But I feel like that's my role right now. Um, there are days that I feel like a woman. Like, you know, I'm, I don't know. Like, I don't think that I don't think I don't feel like a woman in those roles. But I do feel like my time right now is to focus on how I can be a better version of mommy Jordan and wife Jordan to um, Dez and the kids because this is the stuff that they're going to remember. This is the stuff that's going to have them paying $100 therapy bills if I screw this up. I'm super duper anxious, but I like to plan. I'm a planner. So I'm planning every time I do something mean to Dallas, I'm like, he's going to be in therapy for this. And I just don't want him to have to do that. I feel like we, but I do want him to know that we do go to therapy. He knows that mommy talks to somebody. Um, I'm trying to break that generational thing where black families, and there's a tradition for black families to shy away from um, therapy and encouraging you to go and talk to somebody and confide in somebody and tell all your family business to somebody. I don't care. Like, I feel like that might've been the black family thing, right? Um, to like the secrets of the family is what they don't want you to tell to anyone else outside of the outside of the household. It's not that they didn't want you to get help. It's just that that help would burst their family bubble and put other people and implicate other people in wrongdoing and have you coming to them with, you know, all this needing accountability from everybody, kind of like all of us and all the millennials being in therapy. We write in journals, we got podcasts, we got, you know, Twitter. We have all these different outlets where our parents didn't. And when we were younger, we didn't necessarily have, you know, we weren't being encouraged to talk about things. 
And now I feel like the black families, they try to encourage us to do it today because they think something's wrong with us. Like now it's like, oh, you need therapy. And it's like, mm, we all need therapy. Fine, fine. I'll say I need it as well. But it just seems like once the family thinks that you have gone against the family, then they think that you need to go to therapy. And um, that's something that I don't I don't think that should be the reason, because I know for myself, I shied away from going to therapy when my family first encouraged me to just being um, defiant and being trying to not go with the rules because I was like 21 or 22. And they're just like, oh, Jordan, you're you know, you're going through something right now. You really need to go to therapy. And it's just like you, I, I don't have to listen to you anymore. Like you guys are the cause of this, 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 and this. So I didn't want to go get the help because they were telling me to go get the help. And I didn't want to show up as the helped version of myself. I just want to be the angry version of myself. I want to be the mad version. I'm already too forgiving. Like I already, I don't even need to go find out a reason why y'all did what y'all did or do what you do or say what you say because I already forgive you. And, you know, I'm very understanding and I think that's something that therapy has helped me be more understanding and more empathetic and um, more accountable. I do apologize more and try to be more intentional, but I don't, I do expect the same thing from everybody else as if they're in therapy too. And the other thing I want to say about our parents not encouraging us is when we were on their insurance, they should have had us in therapy. And now that we're out for their insurance, we're out here in the wild. Now it's like, oh, you should start therapy. Like, hell no, I'm not about to start no therapy right now. Well, I mean, but, but we do and we should. And I think we should tell our children um, that that's something normal and just to want and desire to be heard by somebody that you can just have a opinion um, an unbiased opinion you don't have to worry about anybody telling you know telling anybody just tell me what what because kids might not want to talk to their parents as much as we are you know are are cool with our kids and our kids come to us about different things we just don't know what they would tell somebody if it's you know if it's not your you or your or the dad so just try to I would say just I'm trying to break the generational curse of not seeking help and not you know telling being afraid to tell somebody when you do need help like a family member hey i'm I'm feeling like this this and this without judgment and knowing that i would come they will come with resources and not just um condemning you or making you feel bad for even coming to them you everybody might have that one family member but try to be that person to somebody else if you see them struggling be the person they can talk to. You know how your therapist talks to you. Um, I know I try to be a therapist to everybody as a know-it-all Virgo. I'm trying to, um, I'm like a Yamla Van Zant, truly. I, I like to let people lay it all on the table and then um, look at the entire family just like our therapist does. But I think people need that sometimes, just that extra care um, from a party that is unbiased, so... I think that we need to keep that going in our community. And I'm definitely having Dallas start some therapy because these anger issues are getting OC. I feel like a lot of these different traditions and things that we are taught as black people, uh, I'm not really sure what nationality all you guys are out there. And now that nationality and religion and all that is such a hot topic right now, we don't even know what to say anymore. 
I do feel like I identify with being black, but only because I was raised in America and told that I was black. We honestly don't have that many, you know, I don't know where I come from necessarily, but I feel like the traditions that I, my family have latched on to are just the traditional black family values of America. What you, we watch black movies with black actors and, you know, we do Christmas, uh, we do it really big. Um, you know, even though we know all the negative things that are associated with Christmas, like we know this and then we're just like, ah, but that's not what we think of it as. And it's like, how is that? How does that make sense? And how do you how does how do you explain that to a child? So as a person who was formerly a child, I still don't understand why we were celebrating something if we knew that it had the other things tied to it, like the capitalist, all, you know, all the reasons why we celebrate Christmas. Everybody knows that all the Santa Claus, all that stuff. We talked about that last season. I don't like Santa. I don't do that Santa shit. I don't do Christmas trees. I, the traditions, all that stuff. But I think that part of my be, I'm, I feel like I would call myself like extreme uh, when it comes to a lot of my values, but it's because I read a lot. I read and I fixate on things. And one of the things I fixated on for a while was the Bible because I was raised to be a Christian and I understand that I, I understand how it was raised. I was, I went to church every Sunday, was in the choir, in the, you know, youth revival ministry. I have a relationship with my pastor, his family and everybody, you know, um, I'm a, I would consider myself to be a good Christian girl. However, once I got pregnant before wedlock, out of wedlock, whatever you say, whatever the olden saying is, I got pregnant before I got married. Um, people started looking at me differently. So that's when I really started thinking that there was something that I was doing wrong that made me not as Christian as the next person, or I was up for like, this, do this, or you won't look like this. And then it's like, I thought we, this is a no judgment zone. Like I thought that this was a, you know, that was the first time I felt judgment from um, others or potential judgment. I was afraid to be around people when I was like, if I was pregnant out of wedlock for real. But why do you teach people to fear that? Why do you teach people to fear like the truth of what their situation is so they can, you know, really reach out to people for help and things like that. That doesn't really align with what the Bible teaches, a lot of what Christianity or what I was taught. I won't say all Christianity because I don't know what every church is teaching. And I love my church. I love my pastor. I feel like I had a lot of the things that I, the reason I am the way I am is because I, I went to Trinity United Church of Christ. We, that's how I learned about being black. That's how I learned that I was black. I mean, I went to Salem Christian Academy for kindergarten, but I don't really understand that I was a Christian there. I definitely learned about God and who I believed in and what I believed in from Trinity. While I was there, you know, we're taught to be unapologetically black and, um, what is it? Unapologetically black and unashamedly black and unapologetically Christian, we would say. And so I, that would being, um, kind of beat, not beat into my head, but basically it was, we, we, we told ourselves this every single Sunday. So I was, raised to be unashamed of my blackness whatever that looked like I was what we wore African attire for the choir and stuff like that I but I still didn't really understand what my heritage was where what what my I mean your nationality obviously is American but then I realized something else while I was growing up my pastor 
Obama went to my church. My pastor was the um, Reverend Jeremiah A. Wright. He was the um, the senior pastor at our church, and he did a sermon that said, God damned America, right? It was a great sermon. I remember being there and everything. I was young, and this is why Obama was running, and it was a whole media campaign um, that went around every single news um, station had him on the front talking about how racist he was he's he's um he's racist he hates white people and this is the um he's unpatriotic he hates america blah 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 and they just kept playing that goddamn america goddamn america over and over and over and i'm like i don't remember how old i was but this is when obama was running i can't remember 2008 was it um when obama was running so whatever that might be but i'm sitting there i'm just observing we had to have at the doors at the church, we had um, signs, no cameras, and they had people picketing outside and talking about abortion and talking about all of these different topics. And I was just learning all at once. Once we first had a black president running for office, now my pastor's up for scrutiny for saying something that was true because he, the way he was talking about it was, he was talking about the um, like Noah's Ark, right, and how God made the flood right so basically he was putting it in reference to america and how there's gonna come a day where he's gonna wipe all this shit out because it's like it really is just awful like all the things like this is what the end times all of that you know you know how and the christian um religion we do the fear thing first i think that and i don't want to say that because i love him i just definitely i relate to that it may it makes us angry like an angry thing like you know America's doing us wrong and blah, 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 blah. That's what I feel like I was told. And that was like a, a part of my blackness was that America doesn't think of us the same and that things are done improperly. And that, you know, it was it was coupled with that. I wasn't um, I was not shielded from the reality of what was going on in politics, in, in race and all of that and in religion. So I think that kind of has me be like super extreme with all of my beliefs because like I have all these references like, but this is what happened to me when this happened. So I'm kind of really careful about what I tell my children and what I teach my children. Um, and we, I would say I'm becoming careful, like Dallas is seven. So I was just wondering, when do we teach them about our blackness? When do you teach him that he is a black man? I mean, he knows he's black, but I, is there a way to teach children about blackness without fear is there a way to teach black men especially black boys that will be black men about blackness without fear like do we start talking to them about their blackness in february when we're talking about black history or do we talk about it when a george floyd situation happens when somebody's getting killed and this is why we're now talking about this like what is the way are we marching or are we just celebrating are we you know talking about the accomplishments like um like telling Dallas that this is the first black somebody to do something doesn't make sense to my child who knows that we've been around for this long. He's like, why is this the first black? Now I got to explain this, 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 and this to my inquisitive child. And this is kind of making a worldview for him. Like, do I want him to have a jaded worldview or do I want him to have an open mind about the people and the things because he's in a very diverse world? I don't really know how to teach him without scaring him because my child is scary. Like I'm, I don't want to build anxiety. I don't want him to see police officers and be afraid when I'm telling him like, Dallas, you're a little boy now, 
but you're not always going to be little and cute to these white people. You know, when you're when you're angry and you lash out or you yell at somebody's kid or you yell, you know, they are going they could be angry with you now. Like and that's the reality of it. So how do I protect my child without scaring my child? Um, and the only way I know how to do that is just to be here and be here for him and me and Diz be here to support him because we can protect him. It's just like the world that we live in is not designed to protect him. Um, and I don't know if I have the power to design the kind of world I want him to live in, but I know like in this time while he's in my care, um, people always talk about how short lived this childhood phase is for them, but I'm like we said, I, my kids are going to be my kids as long as they're alive, but we're creating a little world for him and a little reality for him. But I don't want when he leaves our bubble, him to be have a culture shock as a young black man being raised by, uh, you know, we're we're young millennial parents and we're very like loose. But I also need to tell you to be afraid of police officers a little bit. But it will help if, like, one of his friends' fathers is um, is, is um, in training to be a police officer. That, so that might help his outlook. So it's not all police officers, but how do I, how do I talk about it with him? How do I not? I don't know, even know how to have conversations without telling too many details. Obviously, here we are on a podcast, but I don't. I'm just trying to learn how to teach him about his blackness because I think that that's important. But I don't want to beat it into him in the way that is a, a scary thing. I want him to be proud of it. But then him looking around at the media and looking out around at different things, how can he, um, how does he know that he should be proud of this? Like besides just the example that Diz is setting, like he can look at his father and see the type of man he should be. I don't really know if I want to depend on media or things or teachers to tell him. So it has to be us, but I don't really know when that time is, when it's appropriate to, add black history and black culture into our family you know our our just like our family bubble it kind of feels like a and not to say it kind of feels like a dark cloud like a dark i we're in a little happy bubble because we have babies and they don't have to know that it's scary outside so i don't really know when if i want to burst that bubble but as i um I just don't want to miss the mark, guys. I don't want to miss out on teaching the lessons because I'm very, I'm coming back with, to my family for why you didn't teach me this. So I'm just really trying to do it now. So I don't have to be met with these questions when Dallas is 29. Um, and he's coming to me. And it just feels like a scary, huge responsibility to raise three black boys in America today. Um, guys, don't feel offended if you are mothers of little girls because I only talk about raising boys. I really don't know anything else. I, I think that there's a humongous responsibility for moms on uh, raising their girls too because you have to teach them how to feel beautiful, affirm themselves, not you know to respect themselves and demand respect and all that. But I'm gonna do my job over here to um, raise some good boys and men. But I don't know. I think there are a whole nother set of things that you need to think about when it comes to your girls. So there is a huge double standard when it comes to boys and girls in um, black families, too, I think. I, don't, I mean, I was raised in a household that treated, I mean, I kind of, I feel like I was taught to be independent 
to a certain extent, like independent from family, but not independent from a man. So don't you don't have to necessarily you're not supposed to depend on your family, but you can ask us if you need something and they will help. But I just wish I was I knew that I could depend. I, mean, I know I can, but I just feel like I wasn't taught that. It was like the reverse. They were there for you, but they wanted me to be there. They wanted to be there when I needed them and not just always. And I don't want any of my family to be offended by that. But I just I that's something I observed. Now I know how to ask better for the things. But I just it it was a long time coming before I figured out that I could just ask because I didn't it, I didn't know it was readily available. Um, it was more implied than um told like it was like oh you just know that we're family so you can ask me for stuff rather than just saying you know you can ask me for anything because you just want to hear that um I'm trying to talk to my kids more and let them know that we're always going to be here and kind of lead by example so that they can see that um my my brothers I do think that they know that they can call my family I don't really but I got married at 21 so I think that they kind of gave me away to my husband and with a like a family that has dealt with divorce and stuff, I don't understand. I mean, I know why they should have given me away to Dez, but like they didn't know Dez like that when we got married. And y'all are coming from families of dysfunctional marriages and divorce and stuff. And the um, I just think that we need to put less emphasis to young people on. Like, I don't think you should feel like once you get married, you're not, you're detached from the family. Like, it's not like that. The family needs to stay relatively like a cohesive thing, like a unit. Dez's family is so close. My family's close too, but it definitely feels like I am Dez's and I belong to him and his family, which is fine. Um, like thinking, I'm just like, I know I'm all over the place, but just thinking about like Christian values of putting your husband um, before your kids and stuff like that, is that something that you're really taught in a family if your father isn't in the household? How will you see that? How do you see that you treat your husband? How do you see that you treat a, you know, how do you see that you treat your wife? How do you see that you, you know, how do you hold your wife or your husband up above your children just so that it keeps the rest of the household, you know, afloat? I'm like, that's something that we have to, sh we haven't seen so much. So I do think our generation is being more intentional about and not, not saying that we're staying with our people because of the fact that we want to be a good example. But I think we're choosing better people first. Now, there's a lot of baby mama and baby daddy drama on every single generation. So I definitely don't think it's just ours. But from my understanding and my observation, more people are in relationships with their people like to me and have more family. I think that whole black fathers aren't in the home thing is dying away because of the fact that the crack like everybody forgets that all that stuff happened when the crack era all that stuff and people got put in jail and all the black fathers were put in jail that really happened it wasn't just them being gone now some people are some fathers are absent but not all not most at all so you know that that happened so how will people learn you just don't know the importance when we're told we can't get welfare unless you're when you're not when you're living with the father that was something a whole generation thought. A whole generation of people thought that if they were with their baby daddy or married their husband, then they can't get any government assistance. So the generation above us, not knowing the importance, it's a bunch of single mothers who had their parents to help, and it's a lot of grandparents raising grandchildren, and where a lot of us in our generation have seen 
healthy marriages is from our grandparents. And then if you didn't see that or you didn't have grandparents and didn't have the privilege of having your grandparents living in the same state as you or being active in your life, then you didn't even see that. So then guess what? Where you learn from the media. Now you're looking at movies and TV shows and that's where you get your reference and music. And it's like people are like, oh, you shouldn't draw from that. Read a book. And it's like, what's in books? We're reading The Coldest Winter Ever as kids. We're reading, you know, a bunch of sex movies. You know, like there's like all the, the books. Books are dramatized. Like this stuff is for entertainment. And the way that we have been taught to be entertained is with drama and dysfunction. And Medea, like I don't know about Generation whatever. What's after us? Z? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. They, I do think that they have um good older siblings for sure. Jalen, shout out to your siblings. I think that that generation has great older siblings, but they still have the same parental issues as us. But they are really growing up learning all this stuff from television. Like they're literally learning everything from Medea. I mean, not and like these are the reruns that are on. These are like the TV shows, the social media era. Everybody's looking nice on Instagram, wearing all these nice outfits and all this. You know, that's what the family is. You're looking at Gucci and Keisha Kaor and their family. And you're looking at people, you know, getting married on social media, getting engaged and having these super huge engagements. But you've not seen enough people get married in your regular real life. Like I've seen more people get married, you know, in pictures than I have in real life. I Now my friends are we're getting to that age where everybody's getting married. But I think that people are heavily influenced by social media and the media, how media portrays weddings and comparing and contrasting and whose is the best. And it's a competition. Like every show is a competition show, everything. And this is what we're learning. We're learning you have to be the best. We're not even just being taught about it. We're being taught about a relationship and told that we're about to all be in one house with all 12 couples and now see if that works. Of course, it's not going to work. Like It's like it's setting people up for failure and that's the new reality that's formed. And so how do we change that with our kids? How do we make sure that that's not the only thing that they're seeing? And I think a lot of us are doing a good job of kind of rewriting that narrative as like the people that are around me in the real world. I try to look at social media as what is being put on a projector, but then I'm looking around at my friends and my family, close family members and uh, my social circle, and we're all like pretty level-headed, so maybe the world is not doing as bad as we think because everyone around us is okay. But it's like the influence, people being influenced by, people are influenced by something. So if we don't have the good examples there, then we all we have left is media. All we have left is getting our news from Twitter, from Instagram, and we don't know where this stuff is coming from. And it's like when Trump was saying fake news and all the media companies were ran by the same people and putting out the same message, everybody was saying like, oh, Trump's just crazy, fake news, fake news. But now Kanye's saying the same thing, and now he's, you know, he's doing the Kanye thing, and not to bring Kanye into this. But it's just like, that's what my kids are seeing on the media right now. If we were to turn on GCI and listen to Kendra G going crazy about some stupid, you know, whatever, like that's what they're hearing. So we have to turn that off because that's what's being promoted. So I don't want to hear, yes, we like the rap song. Yes, we like the cursing. We like the shaking ass. We like that as adults because we were raised, you know, doing that and listening to that. And that's what entertains us. But how do I undo that like how yes it's in, like i don't know i want to listen to instrumentals my babies like the beat they like the sounds and more than they like the words they don't understand the words so why can't i just listen to instrumentals so that they don't have to hear 
it's, it is negative. Like I, the media is just so bad, y'all. And when do we take the time to just acknowledge it and then separate ourselves and and not just get mad? Like we're pouring, we're feeding more into it. Like I, I know I'm like rambling, but it's just being taught. It's like I don't know. We're desensitized. We're de like I. You can be sensitized or you can be desensitized. I want people to be like if you look if we looked in the media and we became more sensitive by the stuff that we were seeing and more empathetic by the things we were seeing, then that would make sense. But it doesn't seem like we are. It's like the more we see somebody getting treated wrong, the more we are understanding of wrong treatment and more that we just let that shit go rather than seeing it and being like, Wow, there's a lot of sickness in the world. There's a lot of people hurting in the world. We're just like fuck them like you're just want another person to like take it you know we don't want to hear about it no more i like asking questions i care but i don't even think that the people that are putting this information out there care and it's like if we don't want our kids to only be able to be influenced by media we have to be the ones that are entertaining them all the time and so that's an, a huge responsibility too who the hell wants to do that who wants to be responsible to keeping your kids occupied but once you let them out of your you know, once you're not the entertainment and once you're not the influence, then you got to let somebody, you're, you're giving it to somebody else. You're making it somebody else's responsibility to implant and imprint things on your kid's brain. And that sounds super dramatic, but it's, it's serious. Family values are important. There are things that we learn as children that we're still doing that we still don't necessarily understand, but it's just something that we, we do. So if you want celebrating christmas is like riding a bike to some of y'all well to some of us like we're just number we still buy gifts and stuff but spending all that money and stuff is like riding a bike every single year we do it again every single time we do it again that is a that is a tradition that is a some would call it like that's a part of like it's a it could be just like really repetitive things like that. Like it's the traditions of man. In the Bible, it says you're not supposed to follow any traditions of man. So once I read that, I'm like, everything that's a tradition, I just don't want to do it no more, personally. Because I feel like I just, why would it say that if that's not what I'm supposed to do? There are things that have all these implications and I don't want to be a part of that narrative. And I stand on it. I haven't put a Christmas tree up since I, since I said, since somebody said it was like satanic or something. But please don't quote me. It is a whole long story about the Christmas tree. Um, and it's valid, but I just, I don't like to hold it against other people, but I don't like putting it in my house now that I have the information. Um, but we still do celebrate Jesus's birthday and the birth of Christ, who is the son of God. Like I do teach my children that, and that's something that I want to keep and pass on the importance of that and what God means, but not all of the other stuff. I don't think my kids relate Christmas and gifts. They get gifts all the time. And so it's just another day in the neighborhood for the young boys. This whole episode has been prompted by the Kanye drama in the media that if people really were so bothered by it, it wouldn't be in the media at all and we wouldn't have to worry about it. But now it has been brought more to our attention and the things that are standing out to me uh, are just, it's, it feels like the reason why we're not reacting the way people, like the Jewish people are reacting. So people are saying that, that I, I believe a lot of the things that Kanye um, said, I do, I am team Kanye and not because I am 
following him, but I follow God who he follows. And it's like, if this is a God thing and this is his journey, then he's on a journey. And I can't, you know, you don't mess with people's independent journey. Like if he wasn't on a soapbox, then we wouldn't even hear this stuff. And because we know that the Jewish people can block stuff, then they could block it if they wanted to block it from being heard. And um, however hurtful these statements were, why the repetitiveness of them means that you guys are it's like it's like shooting somebody over and over and being like see it hurts see it hurts see it hurts just like that look it hurts Sh shoot them again like that doesn't make any sense to me so when i'm watching this and and then i'm seeing how um black people are reacting and how they're saying that he has abandoned the culture and do i think that the culture being abandoned is a bad thing no because i don't believe in following culture in general because I feel like that's a cult and it's like a it's cult like mindset like just doing things just because you know you're supposed to and not having free will and free thought and independent like ideas and beliefs like I think that I want to be outside of black culture because black culture it comes with a certain number of rules and I don't like following rules if I don't work for anybody and I don't you know I don't need to follow anybody's rules I don't feel like I am I never had to get the vaccine because I don't work for anyone that enforces that. So like there are things that I've been able to stand up for because of my freedoms. There are some things that people like Kanye can stand up for because of certain freedoms that he has. And there are certain things that we can't say and, and regular working corporate people can't say because of their bosses. And if they'll hear about it and they can't tweet about it. And it's like, imagine working for yourself and not being able to say whatever you want to say or being rich and being you know at the pinnacle of your career and not being able to say an opinion and that making it you know you not your everything that you've ever said invalid you know that doesn't make sense for somebody who believes that they're Jew to be anti-semitic I believe that what he said was insensitive but that's all that it was it's insensitive and then you can keep moving people do horrible things like people rape kill and steal from people and we forgive and move on and continue supporting and we put it under the rug and say oh no we didn't hear about that like no there's so many things if we're going to be consistent let's be consistent with what our with our outrage but then also look at why he might feel like this and also why we react the way we do kanye was raised by a mother who encouraged him and poured into him and made him feel like he was the only person in the world we saw i mean and I, I i don't know his life like that but from what we saw we saw him her pouring into him and encouraging him to no end some people aren't even raised like that some people don't even have the confidence that kanye has because it wasn't put into them and it wasn't taught to them so i other people may be envious of his confidence and his outspokenness because you were told to sit down and shut up and that you were not important kanye knows that he's important and the utmost importance and now that he is realizing how he has use the media for his benefit but not for god's benefit for his benefit and the devil's benefit if at from a christian lens i think everybody should look at it from a hyper christian lens which is the hyper christian point of view that kanye is speaking from he's talking about things from his point of view and it's just the truth stuff not and i do not stand beside anything george floyd that he said anything about george floyd that he said but that is that was a factual thing that he was saying something against. So I don't, I do not agree with that. But you cannot disagree with somebody's, you can, but you shouldn't disagree with somebody's opinions. 
you can't disagree with somebody saying I feel or this is how you know like this is my point of view because it's their point of view so freedom of speech is a thing but we are as the black people in America who are outraged with his statements and we're frustrated with each other for not having the same type of outrage people saying that they wish anti-blackness had the same type of outrage as um, anti-semitism but it's like we don't have any control of anything and we were taught to sweep everything under the rug everything that hurt us we were taught to ignore our whole lives everything when there's family members that are crazy we're taught to ignore it when there are people that do us wrong we're taught to ignore it your creepy uncle that all that shit that we are taught in black families that stuff is swept under the rug mental illness swept under the rug so this is why we're we don't get outraged when somebody says something that hurts us to our core our family members and people around us have hurt us so much more. So if we want to make sure our kids can hold other people accountable for their impact and their message that they're putting out there, we have to teach them a whole nother message on this side so that it doesn't align with the way they've been taught their whole lives. If you've been taught to be treated like crap, when you see people treated like crap or people treat you like crap, you understand it. So I want everything that anything wrong that happens to my kids is going to be so polar opposite than what happened in my household that they're going to be shook. They're going to be like, wait a minute, this is not how I should be treated. But we see this like we, we, we endure this. But I don't want to I don't want my kid in Dallas to, because he's the only one that's aware to see that somebody said something wrong or said something and apologized and it doesn't get put out there until it's appropriate for us to put out the apology all this stuff is just crazy like i i i don't want to take too much time on this i might have to have a whole separate episode about my views about culture and all of that it's doing for society and ourselves and why we think about stuff like this but it is affecting our kids like it's affecting our how if there are Jewish teachers right now that are mad at Kanye in the world, are they mad at our black kids, our black sons? Like the way that they think that, the, you know, the reverse. Like I want to know if there's some me, some reverse attacks on black people from, you know, you just never know. Because if it's inciting violence, then it's inciting violence. And everybody is prejudiced because we were taught to be prejudiced, especially here in America. So I'm trying not to teach my children to be prejudiced. I just want them to be aware uh, but I don't really know how to be sensitive and uh, to give just enough because, like I just said, I just tried to say one thing, and here I am going on a tangent, and I don't know how I would not tell Dallas the same thing. I don't know how I would um, censor myself for him and make things less scary when they are as scary as they are, um, and it feels like giving him a watered-down version of anything is lying. Uh, and you know, you just, I don't think that our parents, most of the lies that I think our parents told us were to protect us. But when we saw some of the other lies, blatant things that were done in front of us by them or family members or, you know, things that they were more understanding to. When you see your mother being abused, then you're going to think that this is okay. Like, that's the same thing. Like, it, this is how black people, if you think about us like one black household, us in America, we shut up and we keep it moving. We push, we sweep everything under the rug, and we grow up thinking life isn't fair and life isn't gonna be fair until we die. And the only thing that's consistent or promised is taxes and death. And taxes don't even need to be, um, even need to be consistent. Like we don't even need to do that shit. We really could all stop doing it. 
if we all wanted to, but that's a whole nother thing. We just don't, we don't, we just don't know our power. And I, on the larger scale, people have humongous platforms. This is a platform that I have. It's not that big right now, but we have an even smaller platform at our house, which is in front of our kids. They are the first people that are, you know, seeing our message. Like this is everything that we were taught. It's time for us to be the teachers. And it's like, you got to pick and choose what you teach them and how much you give them so that they can be as good as citizens as that we are hell i mean or better because you know what you do as a um person like i know i don't want when dads throw stuff out the window i'm like please like come on like the kids aren't supposed to litter but it's just things that you're taught even down to that we are the first teachers um and we gotta do a good job and it's impossible to do this with the media's help so try to be the influence for your kids because the media it's 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 gonna send the kids send them off for sure Thanks, guys, for listening again. Sorry for my rant. I don't even know what we're talking about, but go to therapy, everybody. Um, I do care about mental health. I do respect um, people that are dealing with mental health issues. I do not think mental health is an excuse for um, anything being said, but I do think you should be empathetic when people are having, you know, issues at home. So, all right, guys, see you guys next week. We'll be back with more Mommy's Anonymous. Bye.